You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Halloween Column Podcast. I'm Jared Sandler. He's Mike Basick. As we get ready for the Rangers and the Astros, the finale of a three-game series from Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg. And uh, the Rangers have taken the first two of this series, Mike. So uh, all of a sudden, this roller coaster continues, and it's what a 500 team does. Yeah, You win games that you don't think you're going to win, and you lose games that you shouldn't lose after they get swept by Oakland. But uh, it looked like that could have been a crotch kick series. <laughs> it still might be when we look at the record at the end of the year. But at the very least, winning the first two in this series against Houston kind of puts the Rangers right back in this. It's disappointing. It's entertaining. It's exciting. Uh, Jared, my question back to you, because I'm, I'm just happy that we're headed into September and baseball is going to mean something for the Texas Rangers. What record do you think wins the second wild card? I'm, can you want me to give you mine first? Sure. Yeah, you go ahead. 84 and 78. Okay. I was making so, sure my math was good. There and the Rangers the are 66 and 66. Yes. That means they need to go, what, 18 and 84 is 18 and 12 the rest of the way? Yes. Okay. That's, what do you I mean, think? 18 and 12, I think 18 and 12 is doable. Do you think that's enough? Do you think that's too much? I do. So, you know, Eric, Matt, and I were talking about this, and we were saying, they were saying that 84 might get you in. I actually think that 84 does get you in. The one caveat here is if the Orioles just stay hot through September. So let me, let me then pass another question back. And I'll start by saying the Orioles are the team that scares me the most for the second wild card spot because I look at them and I think they're just a better team than yeah. the Twins and the Mariners and the Angels and the Royals. Which team scares you the most? Baltimore is a good one just because now that Manny Machado is the MVP candidate that everybody had him as. I think in Vegas they had him as the third best odds to win the MVP this year. And obviously he had a he's had a down season, but when you look at what he's doing lately and the charge that they're having, offensively, they're the best team out of all the wild cards. Even the New York Yankees, they're a better offensive team, I believe, uh, than the New York Yankees. It's their starting pitching that's been horrible all season. Britain was hurt, so it hurt their bullpen a little bit now that he's rolling. Um, Baltimore does scare me. Seattle just has too many injuries to their rotation, even though I thought they made some nice moves to try to help out their wild card push. And I just, Jared, maybe I'm stupid here. I feel like Minnesota's eventually going to play like the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm just, I'm surprised that they're able to keep staying three, four games, five games above 500 um, through all of this, just because I thought that they would be one of the teams that would have started to fade by now. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I I said this on the post game last night that you know I I'm waiting for the Minnesota Twins to uh, fall three four games back, so, especially with Sano on the DL. Yeah, now credit to them that they've hung around. 
And remember, two years ago, it was a pretty competitive team. Last year, it was a disappointing year for them. But yeah, I, I agree. I, and maybe maybe shame on us because we're entering September and they're still in this. But I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, with the Orioles, the starting pitching doesn't bother me because they have such a good bullpen. You know, we've talked about this. you, you got to have one or the other. That's where, with the Rangers, I'm not sure, I'm not sure which one they have because their bullpen's been really good here over the last month and a half. Their starting rotation has still been good, but I don't know that either of us look at the bullpen or look at the rotation and say, yeah, this is a lockdown bullpen or this is a lockdown rotation. Yeah, I'm with you. It's iffy. Uh, you know, it's funny as Martin Perez has come on strong. When the Rangers needed Martin Perez at the most because of the U Darvish trade, he's done it. He's come on and been uh, way better than I ever thought, Jared. And it's starting to get me to a point where I'm getting nervous because I'm thinking to myself, hey, he might be the number three starting pitcher that we thought he could be in 2016, which he wasn't. And this year, a month ago, Jared, I was telling you, I can't remember if it was on here, but personally, I know I was telling you, dude, I don't think I would pick up Martin Perez's option in 2019. I would just let him go. I'm going to pick it up for 2018, but I don't know if he's a starting pitcher in the major leagues, how inconsistent he is. And he has been awesome. The bullpen, the Matt Bush injury hasn't really hurt them yet, Jared, but if he doesn't come back soon, and I don't know how his knee's recovering and when he's going to come back, I think it's going to bite him in the butt because you, the only guy that I truly trust in the seventh and eighth inning right now is Ricardo Rodriguez. Maybe I can throw in Tony Barnett there too, but Matt Bush to me is desperately needed for a push to make the second wild card spot. All right, so I I, we, I agree, and I want to talk about that. Well, I want to start with Martin Perez though because there's there's some big big picture stuff here happening. With Perez. Now, his last five starts, uh, with the exception of one bad inning against the White Sox, he's been outstanding. Now, even with that one bad inning, uh, which he allowed, was it five runs, over his last five starts, he's got an ERA under three. He's still young. And we talked, I think we talked about it last week, right? Where, uh, you know, do you believe that this is a sign of growth or is this just Martin Perez being inconsistent? and, you know, teasing us, and then he's going to revert back to what he used to be or what he has been. But what have you seen from him as a former pitcher that has allowed him to have the success he's had? Because I'll tell you what Banny told us in a second, but I'm curious what you saw, what you've seen. Well, one, I don't want to say this is the major thing, but mechanically he's getting the ball out of the glove faster. I know his his speed of delivery is quicker, too. And it's getting his fingers on top of the baseball, so his fastball has more movement. He's leading, and the way we're on Facebook Live right now, uh, You, when you reach out with your one finger as far as you can, you can turn the ball over a little bit and get the good downward movement with your fastball. And so I'm seeing better movement with the ball going, yes, it's still going a little east to west, but there's more north to south movement on his fastball, which is causing, to me, more ground balls, tougher to make solid contact. The strikeouts aren't there. But I'm really excited about that, the mechanical thing. And then the other thing, Jared, and I don't know which one I want to put first, because if he didn't correct the mechanical thing, so I'm going to put it one, then it doesn't matter about the mental thing. But he's made big pitches when he's had to against Mike Trout, against Jose Altuve. He's gotten big double play balls or big strikeouts when needed in his last few starts. And before, it would blow up into a four to six run inning on him and is like, well, he had five good innings, but that third inning was a tough. Well, you got to count the third inning. It yeah. counts in, yeah. in your start. And so 
I've been really impressed with those two things. So that's what Banny talked about. Banny talked about making big pitches, and he, you know, identified specifically last start the double play that he induced against Altuve in the first, where Houston could have just taken control, and then in the third, where it looked like all of a sudden the Rangers were about to give away their four-run lead. And so that, and that, that's what I've seen. Now that's not quantifiable. It's tough to see that from afar, but it just doesn't seem as if, uh, it just doesn't seem as if in these tough moments, he's caving in like he has in the past. And that's that's encouraging because I don't think either of us would ever dispute that he's got the type of stuff to be a really good pitcher. Now, I don't know if he's got ace stuff, but I do think he's got stuff to be a good middle-of-the-rotation pitcher. But between the ears, I don't know that he's ever consistently been that guy. Yeah, and if he can do this for the month of September, what he did in August, look, you can't be perfect all the time, as in throw quality start every time or go seven shutout innings every time. But if he goes out of his five starts in September and has one bad start but four good starts, then I'm going to feel really good about going into next season with Martin Perez. Hopefully it leads to the Rangers getting to play in a wild card game, but it will just make me feel a lot better about Martin Perez because a month ago in July, I would have said, all right, Cole Hamels is a number two at best going into 2018, and Martin Perez is your fifth starter. That's what you have, a number yeah. two starter and a number five starter on your team. Well, if Martin Perez can take August and duplicate it into September, I can say you have a number two and three starting pitcher in your rotation in 2018. Okay, and I would go two and four. Okay. But, but I guess the Rangers might be forced into Perez being their number three because they don't have a lot coming back. It costs a lot of money. Costs- a number three costs 15 to $18 million a year. Okay, so let me ask you this. On that subject, Andrew Kashner last night, another good start. His ERA is 3-3-0. Kashner inside, how about that? Kashner, <laughs> that's right. Did you say that on the post game? No, night? I wanted to so bad, you but should've. Dana Larson doesn't even know that joke at all. Or he doesn't. He has no clue what uh, "cash me outside." How about that? She's never seen it, never heard it. So oh, I was like, "Sweet Dana." Yeah. So um, I just I just learned about a Aaron last night. Are I had, you serious? I had no clue when everybody's like. A Aaron on the back of player jersey. That's awesome. And I'm like, I have no clue what A Aaron means. Jay Quellen. Yeah. And I finally saw Did the, you watch skit, the, video? the three minute deal about like a Balake. Balake. Oshak Hennessy. I had no clue. And then at the end, pre- present when. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that was good, but I had no clue on Players Weekend why everybody thought A Aaron was funny. I think A Aaron's great. Uh, so Andrew Kashner, I was trying to do an A Andrew, but it didn't really work with him. <laughs> Uh, he another good start, and this guy's been really good for the Rangers. Uh, someone asked me this question last night: three years, fifty million dollars. I heard this on the post game. Yeah, show. do you uh, do you do that? I would do Jared three for forty five. Uh, now I don't have the budget for the Texas Rangers. I'm not John Daniels. Uh, I'm not the ownership group of the Texas Rangers. I don't know what the budget is in the off season, uh, but. I would do three for 45. Is that a risk with a guy that's just had one good year in his last three? It is, but he's comfortable here. I think Doug Brokell has worked uh, really well with Andrew Kashner, getting him to be more of a sinker ball pitcher than uh, the power pitcher that he was when he was healthy in San Diego and then kind of couldn't do it anymore because of injuries. So I'm okay with three for 45, and I I think that'll get it done. Yeah, I I think it will too. 
So I start off by offering him the qualifying offer because I think he turns it down. So that, that protects you at least. I don't you, think he'll take a yeah. one-year deal. And real quick, you get now at the end of the second round a pick? Yeah, the uh, the, yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on where you uh, fall financially, but yes. If you lose him after yes. qualifying offer, now you'd have pick 92 instead of right, not a first round 32 pick, not like with yeah, yeah. Uh, Ian Desmond. Right, correct. So, you know what? I think three for 45, I do. Uh, the, the thing for me is the years. Three years, I'm flexible with the money. We get beyond three years, I'm not flexible. So if if let's just say this. You get the three for 45, but there is a option on a fourth year for $12 million, but a $2 million buyout. Because that's the way a lot of contracts now are. If you're scared of the fourth year, like, okay, you're scared of the fourth year. I get where his age will be. If you're an agent and you're trying to get that fourth year, you say, okay, he might not be as good as the first three. We'll go $12 million, uh, team option, or if he hits incentives, if he throws 180 innings in his third year, it automatically – uh, you know, goes into he'll get that option or a two million dollar buyout. So at least my guy's getting two million dollars in that final year. Yeah, no, that that's fine. I'm I'm just you know being creative like yeah. an agent would. I I think for a guy like Andrew Kashner, as many incentives as you can throw into that contract, the better. Okay. I I'm just okay. I, I yeah I just had that's I I think he's the type of guy that. It would benefit him for that. I mean, the great thing is, is the Yankees have money, right? Yeah. But they can't pay him because he has a beard and long hair. <laughs> so he's out on the Yankees, right? I mean, I, you know what? That's funny. I don't, <laughs> I just don't think he fits in with the Yankees. I yeah. don't think he's, you know, he's a really quiet guy. He's shy. Uh, he's a, you his know, clothing small town Texan. You know, his clothing is not shy. You're right. <laughs> I don't think he's got the personality that would fit well in New York okay. or Boston or heck, even L.A. Yeah, um, I really think he would prefer to be in a small, like you know, a smaller, either smaller market or you know, this is a big market, but it's not like an in-your-face media market. Yeah. Well, I would if and if it can get done, Jared. And I know 2017 is alive; it's fun. But 2018, if you get Hamels, Kashner, and Perez coming back as your core, those are three guys to build around and i know i don't know how much and you want to get into shohei otani did he pitch already i know that the 15 scouts were coming to his game cuz he's only thrown one and a third innings all year yeah cuz of the groin injury i believe yeah so anyways but if you had those three guys uh that's a good base to start off with um for 2018 i don't know how much further you want to go into 2018 cuz i have a lot of thoughts on well, it but, no, we, but we we're can... we're in the middle of a yeah, wild card yeah, race. No, but that's fine. Um, Let me ask you this. You Darvish isn't doing that great with the Dodgers. He's doing exactly what he did with the Rangers. It's no better in the National League. So I know C.J. Nikowski had the opinion. I think he's going to dominate for the Dodgers because he's going to another league and there's a, a pitcher hitting, but he's still out of four starts. He has two five-inning starts, one six-inning start, and one seven-inning start. That's what he was giving the Texas Rangers. I don't think the L.A. Dodgers are falling in love with wanting to give him five years and over $150 million on that contract. Do you think the Rangers uh, will be competitive to get you Darvish back if his market is five years, um, $125 million? I don't think it's going to be five years, $120 million. Think it'll so, be four? So, no, I, th- I still think he's getting... Oh, you, so you think somebody will buy into five and two-thirds is what we need as our ace? Yeah, I do. I really do. Let me ask you this, then. I, I, I Okay, I'll say this. Five, 
So let's see, what's five times twenty-eight? That's a hundred right one, below one one forty. Yeah. Okay. I do think that he gets five for one forty. Okay. I think he could get seven for uh one eighty. You know, I, right. I just to me Then I'm out. Yeah, no, I am too. Now if the range if if you Darvish would do five for one hundred, all right, I'll do that. I just don't five see for one twenty five, would you do it? No. Okay. I, I, All right. Let me ask you this: Would you do um, five for one hundred for uh, Jake Arrieta? He's man, the that, he's that, the number two guy or number one guy. I don't know what teams will think of those. Are the two main guys, right? You no, know, Mike. I would rather, and I, I say this all the time, and and I know you agree with this. Free agents starting pitching tough because of age and how much money you pay. I mean, Andrew Kashner coming off the worst possible year someone could have entering yeah. free agency other than just not being healthy, pitching in two National League pitcher parks yeah. and struggling that one year, and he got $10 million. Now, I know he didn't get a multi-year deal, but he got $10 million. I'd rather go after Shohei Otani, not pay that much, and take a chance. No, I'm with you because, and I don't know how much it'll cost for this guy, and I don't even know if he'll be available, but... A guy like Wade Davis, who is with Kansas City, now with the Chicago Cubs, he's a free agent. I, I do think the Rangers, I would rather, instead of spending, to your point, I think on, I'm going to agree with what you're going to say. On you, Darvish, and Jake Arrieta, 25 to $30 million per year, I'd rather go get 12 to $15 million on a two- or three-year contract on a great veteran closer uh, for next year. And then you have the money for Otani. You maybe have money for, a, I don't know, a seventh-inning bullpen piece if you need to do something like that, but to spread out the money to have more of a complete team than just that one guy pitching every fifth day. And we've seen Darvish. I'm not as big of a fan of you, Darvish, as maybe other people are, and I don't know exactly where you stand, but I think he's a five and two-thirds inning starter who's good. He only will give up about a one and a half to two runs in that five and two-thirds he gives you. But for me, man, I'm going to pay $30 million, and the dude is regularly going to struggle to get to the sixth or seventh inning. So, again, where I stand on Darvish, I think he's an ace, but I think he's in the, the lower half of the collection of aces in Major League Baseball. And I just don't like paying guys north of 30 who have already had Tommy John surgery a whole lot of money and giving yeah. them a whole lot of years. I'm That's just you. my – now, I, I, I want to get back to 2017, but I got yeah. one okay. one more 2018. This is fun about the podcast. You never kind of know where it's yeah, going to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, who, who knows? We could end up talking about 2026. <laughs> uh, I do agree with you, by the way. For the first time, I think, that I can remember, I am more in favor of paying relievers than I am starters this upcoming offseason. Okay. Uh, I'm just, it's a scary world. Now, Jake Arrieta's turned his season around, but, man, he, he had, like, a rough 13-month stretch. Where yeah. It's like, do I really want to pay this guy that much money? Uh, Carlos Stanton. Woo. The Rangers have oh. been linked to him in the past, and they were recently linked to him. Okay. He's obviously a really good player. Okay. He's the type of player who you you make room for, right? I mean, yeah. he's that he's that good. I'm not sure that I want to jump into that pool <laughs> for a few reasons. One, if you're getting him, you're probably going to have to take on about $20 million a year until the end of his contract. So that's what, you know, almost a decade. Uh two. And I again, I hate to say that you don't need an outfielder because you can always use a guy like John Carlos Stanton, but you have more pressing issues, right? Uh, three, if you want John Carlos Stanton, you better be prepared for both Nomar Mazzara and Joey Gallo to be in the deal. And then some, I'm not upset about Nomar Mazzara being in the deal. I could do that. 
But I, I think I kind of want to keep Joey Gallo. Three, or maybe four, I don't know what number I'm on. The Rangers, if they do this, have to find a way to move Shinsu Chu, which they can obviously give him away, but they're going to have to find a team to take on the money, which okay. is going to be tough. And then the last thing is this. This is Giancarlo Stanton's first really healthy year, and it's been a tremendous year for him. But I guess I would much rather allocate my my resources in a different direction. I'm kind of with you. Now, did Stanton clear waivers? I imagine he did. I thought he did too. No, yeah. I can't. It was early. Uh, Tom Grieve explained to me the whole process. Being a former general manager, it's pretty cool. You can put seven on at a time. Yeah, and you're throwing so many guys. So each team uh, at July 31st at 4 p.m. is immediately putting seven guys on the waiver wire, and then three days later, another seven. Three days later, another seven. So as a general manager, you're getting a piece of paper or now on a computer of. Seven times 30, you're getting 210 guys at a time trying to go through the waiver process. That's, he said, sometimes why a guy could sneak through. You have to be really thorough and you have multiple people checking the list to make sure that you're looking at each seven players on each team going through and seeing, you know, if I want to make a claim or not. And sometimes if you do put in a claim for that guy, uh, you can't put in a claim for the next guy because you're saying, hey, I'm claiming him. It's, he is saying it, it gets a little bit tough, and that's why some guys can get through. Real quick, what if I offered this? I'm also stealing this a little bit from the Newborg report yesterday. I don't sure. know if you saw the trade that mm. he had for it. What if you did this? I'm going to throw this out there. Chu, Mazzara, and Odor for Giancarlo Stanton, and maybe you get a pitcher in the process too uh, to, to throw in to make it work more. You have Profar play second base next year, who is having a pretty good triple-A season. You get rid of Odor, and I hate saying get rid of, but what if he is more of a 235 hitter who gets on base 27% of the time and is one of the worst defensive second basemen in baseball? Profar is a good defensive player, not nearly the pop, but maybe he's a guy that can get on base 35% of the time. If you do have Gallo and Stanton in your lineup, you honestly don't need much more power in your lineup right. at all. So I'm keeping Gallo because I think at this point, Gallo is more valuable and a better player in almost every way than Ruggie Odor is. So my only question to how that deal works is one of the reasons why the Marlins would want to trade Stanton is that is the contract. So why I don't think Chu fit. I know, but I'm giving you... Yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat, absolutely. I'm giving you Odor, who they were in love with last year, the Marlins, and then I'm giving you Mazzara, who's on a minimum contract. I'm taking 295 till the dude's 38 years old. I'm giving you two guys under the age of... So you're saying no money is swapped, but they have to take on all of two, but the Rangers take on all of Stanton. Yes. Man, that's going to be one of those deals like Miguel Cabrera, where over the last few years are kind of like, ah, but you know what? Screw it. Yeah, I would do that. I... I've I've been very open on the fact that I would be I'd be happy to trade think, Omar Mazar on the right deal. I mean, the thing is, is Stanton has right field every day. Pro far, you already have the guy in your organization taking over second base every day, and then you're desperately trying to get Otani, and now you just said, hey, you can DH fifty percent of the time because Chu's not on this team anymore. Yeah, yeah, I, I would do that. I don't think the Marlins would. Okay, um, because of the money thing. Yeah, I think so. I think it, how much it, it, you think their money thing changes with Jeter? Well, and that's company? the thing. I was the, the wild card in this whole discussion is that they're going to have a different ownership group making these decisions. So, um, but it, it's interesting, man. What about you know? I, I know that McGuire and Canseco aren't looked upon very favorably these days, but 
The Rangers would have basically the Bash brothers reincarnated. You would have, I would assume, if both guys are healthy, you're going to have over 100 home runs per year from those two guys. So let's talk about that other guy, Joey Gallo. Has his growth not been incredibly fun to watch within the framework of this year? If he's going to be the first baseman next year. I want uh, him to be a corner outfielder so bad. Okay. And you know he might be, but I'm just going to throw this out no, there because I, I did on G-Bag Nation the other day. He's the starting first baseman for the American League next year. In the All-Star game? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because uh, what he's doing in the second half, it used to be what a great at-bat against Dallas Keuchel to take that pitch borderline strike to work the count to 3-2, and two, and, and Keuchel had proven he was throwing strikes or on the corners throughout that game, and for him to be patient, wait it out, draw a bases-loaded walk. Uh, now, all of a sudden, the scouting report, which is not changing in Major League Baseball, and it's tough for pitchers because they're like, what the heck is going on with this dude? It's he'll get himself out. You don't have to throw strikes to get him out. But when you're on the mound and he works it to a 2-1 count or you faced him, uh, you've seen him pitch uh, or hit against your guys earlier in the series, and all of a sudden uh, he's working counts, he's drawing walks, you're like, scouting report says this dude will swing at everything and he's not. You know, and the, the report on Odor says he'll swing at everything and he does. So which one? <laughs> I think Gallo is changing the scouting report yeah. in a positive way where – Dude, you're going to have to get him out because he's not going to chase stuff out of the zone. So I'm going to ask an unfair question, but I need to qualify it first. Aaron Judge has had a better year than Joey Gallo. Uh-huh. Uh, there's no no one, I don't think, uh, neither you nor me right. are gonna, is going to deny that. Aaron Judge, though, this second half has been atrocious, yeah. whereas Joey Gallo has been anything but. Yeah. Gallo's almost two years younger. You can pick one of those two guys for the next 10 years. Oh, man. Who do you pick? And I think the fact that Gallo is younger is is key to this. God, am I falling in love with a dude over six weeks? You might be. And maybe you're falling out of love with a dude over six weeks, too. I'm not falling out of love with Aaron Judge, okay. but here's the here's the deal that I think Gallo has over Judge, is I can put him at first base, third base, or a, either corner outfield spot, and Aaron Judge is just a... Well, he could maybe play first base. I yeah. don't know that, but... No, I think uh, he can. But the, the, the value of Gallo over a lot of people right now is... I have four positions I can play him at in the field and feel okay with. I feel okay with him at third. I feel like he's going to become a very good first baseman if that's his position. I think he can be a good corner outfielder. Um, So, man, I'm homering it up here, but right now I'll lean towards Gallo because he's gone through the failures of Major League Baseball in 2015 and 16, and he's figured a way out of it. Now Aaron Judge is failing. Uh, in the second half of 2017, let's see if he can figure his way out of it. I believe he will. It might not be this season, but now he's going through the growing pain of failing, and Joey already did, and he's handling it. So I, I'll answer it this way. Uh, I think both of them are going to be very, very good players. If Joey Gallo is an outfielder, give me Joey Gallo because I think he can actually be a really good outfielder. If he's a first baseman, uh, then I'll take Aaron Judge. Because I think a part of the value for Gallo is that I think he's would have a better defensive impact than Judge. Okay. So I'll go there. All right, you need to go, right? All right, buddy. I'm, I'm going to stick around and answer some questions, but you need to get out of here. That right? was fun. That was a good podcast. There goes the Facebook Live, uh, if you're watching okay. on Facebook Live. We're okay, we're okay. All right, dude. All right, Mike. We'll see you later. Do, do, okay, real quick, before I go, because I yeah. have a minute. Before September starts, Rangers finish where in the wild card race? I think the Rangers are. Isn't that a great question? Man, a great question. I think they're the first team out. If you want me to, my my God's honest opinion, I think they're the first team out. 
Okay. I'm I'm going to go with the opinion they're going to be about where they are. They're going to finish in the race. If if first is the second wild card spot, I believe they will finish about third in the race. So I'll I'll just say right now, I'll say right now, Baltimore gets it, and then uh, there'll be a team like Seattle or L.A. that are ahead of them, and Minnesota finishes ahead of them, and then Texas. Okay. But it should be fun. I'm really hoping this is 2011 all over again, except the Rangers are a part of that last day where four or five different scenarios could play out. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised either if there's a tie. I want. I'm still employing for a seven way tie. I want the seven way tie. <laughs> and then is and what? I have just, no idea. <laughs> what happens in a three way tie? Because that could happen. Like somebody wins the coin flip where they only have to play one. They play the winner of that game to then decide who goes to the wild card. I think there would be some sort of a head-to-head-to-head tie, like the team with the best combined record, uh, the team with the best combined record against the other two maybe gets the the advancement, and then the other two play. Okay. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. All, All right. right, get out of there. All right. All right, so we're going to continue the Halloween Calm podcast. Just going to answer some of your questions. Uh, so from Ranger Jay, would a Stanton trade hurt or help this team more in the long term? Well, I mean, I guess we don't know for – you know, for a fact, if if we knew, then the Rangers would obviously know whether or not they wanted to make the deal. Uh, you know, Mike and I just kind of laid out a few scenarios. I think there's a strong chance that it ends up helping the team, um, you know, if they were to make the right deal. It all depends on making the right deal. You make the wrong deal, then it doesn't help the team. But I definitely think that uh, it's worth considering Stanton. I don't think Stanton is a definite no. I think it's worth considering him. I just don't see it happening. I think there are going to be other teams who can offer a more lucrative deal or a more enticing deal to the Marlins and what the Rangers would be able to or willing to offer. Um, all right, uh, from Ricky, who do you guys predict to be the first base and left fielder, center fielder next year? My my off-the-wall prediction for first base is Nomar Mazzara. I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, I'd personally like for it to be Nomar Mazzara. I think Willie Calhoun's in left field. As far as center field, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Carlos Gomez coming back on a you know a three-year $27 million deal, uh, or it might end up being just kind of your one-year free agent type player who can play a really good defensive center field for you, uh, maybe a Gerard Dyson type of guy, uh, but you know, someone you're not going to pay a lot of money to. Um, so that that's kind of where, where I stand there. Uh, from Scott, is there a chance the Rangers could get the number one wildcard spot? Sure, but I don't see it happening. I think the Yankees are going to have a pretty firm lock on that. The Yankees would have to play really poorly down the stretch in order for that to to not be the case, uh, it's possible. But I would lean and say the Yankees are probably going to have the number one wild card spot. Nick, uh, who's going to be roaming center field for the Rangers over the next three years? I think pretty soon it's going to be Leody Tavares. That's probably not going to be next year, but maybe the year after. Uh, at the very latest, it would be that third of those three years, and the Rangers might have to just kind of piece something together. My my preference, though, as the Rangers wait and try and piece something together, uh, Two things. One, um, you know, I want a defensive-minded center fielder. Uh, and two, I don't want to commit to someone long, long-term because of Tavares. Now, Drew Robinson needs to be considered here. Robinson could be a guy that's in the mix. I just don't know if Robinson is strong enough as a center fielder to be the guy that I say, you're going to start every game against a left hand, or against a right-handed pitcher, which will probably be about 100 to 120 starts a year. Uh, I would, I think I'd prefer Robinson to be in the mix as a as a utility player who is capable of playing center field as opposed to saying, hey, you're our center fielder. Uh, from Hayden, offseason question, 
What do you do to get left to get less left-handed, especially with Calhoun and Guzman being up next year? Great question, Hayden. That's where I think Shinsu Chu might uh, be on a different team next year, and that's why I think that it's a very strong possibility that Nomar Mazzara gets dealt in the offseason. When I say strong possibility, I don't mean more than 50% chance. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that it's, you know, for someone in his position, a young controllable player, it's more likely than it would be for your other young controllable players who fit Mazar's profile. You know, I still think that's like a 15% chance, which is a, you know, a heavy, you know, underdog percentage. But I do think the Rangers have to consider what to do with, with a guy like Mazar if they are trying to get uh, less left-handed. Uh, from Deer Chair, would you rather have washboard abs or killer biceps? Um, I think I'd rather have the abs. It, the core is better for you, right? Like, you have a good core that, that helps the rest of your body. Uh, Steve, September call-ups. Who deserves to be at Arlington? Who gets playing time? Well, you know, I think the Rangers are obviously going to call up a third catcher that very well could be Jose Trevino. I wonder, you know, with Trevino's ties being to Corpus Christi, if they give him a few days to go home and be with family, I don't know. Um, but uh, Jose Trevino, I think that Nick Gardewine comes back up, Ryan Rua, Jerickson Profar, Jake Diekman, uh, you know, maybe Johander Mendez comes up uh, to just sit in the bullpen as a long reliever. Maybe there's a speed guy who gets brought up. Uh, you know, Drew Stubbs is no longer in the organization, so, you know, I think he would have absolutely been a, con- a candidate to be a defensive replacement and a speed guy, but, uh, you know, that's not happening, and he wasn't on the 40-man anyway. Uh, so I'm sure there are going to be some wild cards who get called up. Uh, but, uh, you know, those are the guys who I definitely think are going to be up here. Uh, Matt, Otani hitting comparisons on current teams. Uh, why is Gallo getting no love from the media? And what's the price tag for Cashner? Well, we talked about the price tag for Cashner. I think three for 45, three for 50 is fair. Uh, I think Gallo is getting love from the national media, but I think he's hurt by the fact that he's on a team that's not in the playoff picture. Even though the Rangers are in a playoff race, uh, you know, I still think with how muddy the American League wildcard waters are, it gets lost in the fold. And remember, he was out for seven days or a little over a week with the concussion. So, you know, that kind of stalled what he was doing. But I do think he's getting some love. But uh, you're right. You know, he's definitely not getting nearly as much love as, as some players on other teams like the Yankees or the Cubs or, you know, what have you. Uh, Otani hitting comparisons. I don't know. I have never seen this guy hit. I'll tell you, though, Anthony Bass, who's played in the majors, played in the majors with the Rangers, and was Otani's teammate last year, says he can be a really good major league hitter. That, that's as much as I can say that, uh, you know, I'm not pulling stuff out of my ass. Um, all right, Andrew, if the Rangers were to sign one of Arietta or Darvish, money considered, who would you rather sign? You know, I think I would personally rather sign Arietta um, because I think he'll be less money. I don't think Arietta will be as expensive as Darvish, and that's simply... The reason why Matt is Andrew Cashner a Ranger next year. Uh, it's a it's a coin flip. Um, I he, you know I, I don't think most of the resources are going to be going towards Darvish uh, as as Matt suggests in his tweet. I do think Otani uh, is a possibility, and the Rangers could do Otani and Cashner for sure. They financially can do that uh, with Andrew Cashner. I think it's a coin flip. Um, you know, my guess is there will be at least one team that outbids the Rangers. It's a matter of how comfortable he is here. I think he is really comfortable. So I say coin flip. All right, that's going to do it for us. I hope you enjoyed the Facebook Live component to this. You can catch this immediately on Facebook Live, or you can wait for the link to come out. But uh, this has been another edition of the Halloween Column Podcast. Remember, you can always tweet Mike at Mike Bassick. You can always tweet me at Sandler J. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you guys next week.